Hey, alright! And welcome to Better Yet. I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Better Yet is a conversation that started in 2016, and it's a conversation that continues this week with my guest, Mark Plant of The Mall. Mark is an old punk and an old friend here to talk about dance music. They are in one of the coolest bands in the world, The Mall. Thank you for joining us. Thanks to all who are subscribing to the show on your podcast player of choice. I'd like to invite you to visit our website, betteryetpod.com. Check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash at betteryetpod. How are we doing today? I'm drinking that Dagger Mountain coffee, daggermountain.com. Follow them on Instagram at Dagger MTN Coffee, my favorite coffee roaster in the US of A, right here in Valparaiso, the home of Better Yet since October of 2020. Let me take a moment here to plug my latest web development project, Riffin, Riffin.io. Riffin is a guitar tablature sketch pad built by yours truly, along with a small development team of amateur guitar players who grew up using websites like ultimateguitar.com 911 tabs that's how we learned how to play our favorite songs on guitar and bass but we built riffin with a little more focus on the editor our custom built editor is sharp and intuitive it's a great way to write out your song ideas and store them safely and securely with our aws serverless backend check it out riffin.com io a reminder to you all that i'm a full stack developer for hire better yet podcast at gmail.com or tim at betteryetpod.com to get in touch about web development interview inquiries podcast editing want me to make your podcast sound good like this or hosting web hosting i'll put it on the internet for you or just say hello tim at betteryetpod.com how we doing bubbas happy to be here the homie Mark Plant of The Mall is on the show. A very fun interview to share. And boy, so much has changed since we last spoke right here on this podcast. I started a new job in an office. I sit at a desk now. I've never worked in an office before. It's a trip, but it's close to home. I get to come home for lunch, take the dogs outside. If you've been following week to week here, there have been a lot of changes in my life since we came back on Groundhog Day earlier this year. I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder after suffering from a manic episode. Uh, I was really having a tough time staying grounded, but we're less than three months removed from that diagnosis and getting things back in order, and I would not be in the position I'm in today with a new job if not for making these changes and going back to therapy, going back to seeing a psychiatrist regularly. And I'm only on my second week of the new job, but I'm feeling stable, feeling grateful. It is unfortunate that I am feeling a bit strapped for time now. So we're going to downshift to every other week here on the Better Yet feed as much as I would love to keep up with things weekly. I'm just not able to keep up with booking and recording enough interviews to keep that pace right now. Just let me get comfortable with this new job. You know, I'm sure in a couple months I'll be editing these episodes at my desk instead of doing the job I get paid to do. But till then, we're going to make them count here. And we sure as hell are doing that this week with my guest, Mark Plant of The Mall. The Mall is a synth-punk band from St. Louis that Mark started in 2019, but Mark has been in tons of bands in St. Louis and Chicago. Bands like Broken Prayer, Military Police, Carbon Leak, and Times Beach. I met Mark many, many years ago when his band Suburban Smash played at my house in Normal, Illinois, and I'd see Mark around at shows in Chicago over the years. Always loved his band, saw Carbon Leak, so many times Broken Prayer was one of the best hardcore bands in Chicago during my time there, but I was absolutely blown away when I heard The Mall, a synth-punk band that brings together elements of punk, hardcore, dark wave, and dance music. The Mall 
is a massive sonic experience and Mark brings an intensity to the project that has really been inspiring to see and inspiring to watch this project grow. After releasing Zone in 2020, The Mall became a two-piece and Mark and his new bandmate Spencer Bible released Time Vehicle Earth and The Mall have been busy playing shows with MS Paint, leaders of this synth punk movement that I'm fucking here for, baby. I reached out to Mark a couple weeks ago. Uh, We got together but had some technical difficulties, came back around for round two, and it came together beautifully. This is a lovely conversation that I'm so happy to share with you. Thank you for listening to Better Yet. Hit the subscribe button. We'll be back in two weeks. For now, here's me and Mark Plant. Mark Plant is on the show this week, coming to us from St. Louis. How you doing, Mark? Doing good. Uh, this is try two. Yes, oh. <laughs> try number two, hopefully. Technology is on our side this week. I think that it's going to be great. What about you? I think so. I think uh, I think the technology gods have been on my side this week. <laughs> Hell yeah! And it seems like I was gonna. I was the first thing that I noticed when you came back on this on the screen this time was that your room's a little bit messier. And then it's you... a mess. Yeah, my, my my house is. I took like everything that was like valuable in my house and hid it all in my room. <laughs> Because you had a show at your house last night. This wasn't yes. just some uh, some unprovoked. Yeah. It was a last minute show, and uh, it was kind of a wild situation. So we had the show booked at a warehouse, um, mm-hmm. and it was going to be outdoors. Um, and they really didn't want to do it indoors, and it was going to rain all night. Oh, okay. Um, so I like scrambled and called every possible place, and then I was just like. Oh, my basement's huge. <laughs> and uh like we we like record all of the mall stuff in the basement. Mm-hmm. We practice down there like with our like full sound system and stuff. Yeah. Um so we were like we could pull this off. Yeah, totally. And we did. That's it worked fucking out. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have roommates? Were they cool? They were like, all right, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, I've got one roommate who is just like, yeah, let's fucking do it. It's <laughs> <So, laughs> a good roommate. Yeah, but that's why my room is a mess and things have been crazy for me lately. <laughs> so did the mall play? No, the mall didn't play last night. Who uh, was playing? My other band, Pink Strap, played, but uh, it was Spy from Oakland and they're on tour oh, with... Oh, cool. That's a good band. Yeah. They're on a a cool tour with other cool bands. Hell um, yeah. Yeah, so it was actually an insane show to have at a house. Dude, uh, that rules. Yeah, and it was a Monday night. Um <laughs> And and like magic that you were able to get the audience from one place to the other. Fucking ask said, a punk is always Well, it was there. already yeah, it was already an ask for the address show. Mm-hmm. And I just like searched the address in my Instagram messages and messaged every single person the new address. Yeah. <laughs> just like <laughs> That's just awesome. like scrambling. So tell me about Pink Strap before we get into other things. Okay. I didn't even know okay. about Pink Strap. Uh so Pink Strap has been kind of a secret band. Yeah. Um that secret I play song. bass in. Yeah. Uh, but we're recording next week. But we've we've been playing for a long time. Like we've been playing like for I think at least a year. Yeah. But we've only played like six shows, maybe. Hell yeah. Because yeah, because the mall is very busy. The mall and, like, is very busy, dude. Yes. I have to say, <laughs> for someone who I I know a little bit from uh, from our time spent together usually with our mutual friend and friend of the show right. chris de Benedetto. that's right <laughs> you have you have the midwest humility that um that this part of the country is so known for so it's been really kind of cool to see mark plant as the mall <laughs> just like prosper with this busyness i feel like you're just you've really gone all in on this project definitely like during the pandemic, it was like, if I'm doing this music shit, 
and why am I wasting my time trying to like do well at my job or do well like yeah in these other areas of my life that I don't know and then the kind of half-assing like being in bands and stuff and I was like if I'm doing this I'm doing it all the way and like yeah really like switch gears and that's what I've been doing <laughs> It's funny. We were also just talking about like manic ideas that uh, turn yeah. out to not be so great. But yeah, dude, I'm, it's... A, I'm the expert at that. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I mean, that's why we had a show at my house last night because it's just like manic. Like, yeah, we got to do it. Yeah, you know. Oh, but like, God. that's also this whole band. Like, the mall has been, you know. Yeah, a manic, like, what if we did the craziest thing possible and then doing that over and over again? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, we'll get into it, but <laughs> it has been super inspiring. I, I don't know if that's um something that you're getting from people that are close to you, but. I think so. I think a lot of people are just doing more as we, like, do more around them, too. Yeah. Especially in St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, St. Louis is, like, just it's always been it's always been an active creative community and i guess having you down there now has been uh helpful too to get some insight into just how fucking stoked everybody is yeah yeah well also i think like the amount of people who tour out of st louis it's like very like it's not very many people Mm -hmm. you know and also most of the people that do it are like do not fuck with social media. Yeah. The whole lumpy and the dumpers crowd, that whole Mm -hmm. like group of people that are all like the best. I love them, but like none of it is public, you know, they're out there doing cool shit. And then like, no one is really able to watch it, I guess. Mm -hmm. And we've been very like on social media about stuff. Yeah, you have been. I love your social media presence for, I don't really like, like social media at all, but yours has been fucking so fun. (laughs) <laughs> thanks so you, and you grew up in st louis right yeah are, yeah are your so, folks still there no actually my all of my family lives in chicago oh that okay I talk to yeah yeah so my yeah i have a sister in dc but other than that uh both my brothers live there and my mom lives there too and so like all of them have left st louis yeah. so i moved back here purely as a I want to be here thing instead of my family is here. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Was there music in the house when you were growing up? Yeah, I mean, my older brother, Scott, like, Mm -hmm. he definitely, yeah, he's been in cool bands forever. And like, yeah, I picked up stuff from him. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, do you have like any earlier, earlier memories of of music when you were? When you're a youngster? So when I was young, young, I was only allowed to listen to Christian music because of my dad. And, like, I could listen to other stuff at my mom's house, but it was, like, if I, I don't know, it was sort of, like, yeah, my dad would only let us listen to Christian music. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then once he, like, was sort of, like, less around, it was a lot easier to, like, get into punk and stuff. Yeah. uh, they just got really hard into it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a, you have other siblings or is it just Scott? Uh, I have a twin brother in Chicago also. You have a twin brother? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And he lived at Albion House for a long time. Okay. Uh, All right. Man, your yeah. your roots grow deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the plant family's been around a little bit. <laughs> Um, does he play in bands? What's your other brother's name? He has, his name's Alec. Uh, he has played in bands. He played in Thumbsuckers, uh, a long time ago. Uh, but he's in, he's done like little other projects, but, uh, me and him were in a band. Like our first hardcore band was me and Alec. Oh, uh, okay. In St. Louis. And, uh, we did a lot with that. But after that, I joined the band with Scott. And, uh-huh. like, I've just played guitar with my brothers, you know, yeah. <laughs> in a lot of different things. So, Scott, Scott then is the kind of... How how much older is Scott than than y'all? Scott is four years older than me. Oh, okay. So, so, he's, like, he was, like, an adult by the time you were a teenager. Yeah, he was, like, you know, in cool bands, like, playing DIY shows when I was, like, 13 already. Was, so, he was, in, was that Civic Progress? 
No, that was even before that. Oh shit! Uh, he yeah. was in like he was in a band called To No End, and I went to that band's last show, and that was my first like hardcore show. It was like To No End's last show. His new band at the time, The Breaks, first show. Oh, okay. but he was in like Cardiac Arrest, and then like like Cardiac Arrest at that time, and then Civic Progress. Yeah. And, like, all of those bands were incredible. They were all, like, really fucking good bands. <laughs> yeah, tell me about that first show. Like, first hardcore shows are, like, just life-changing experiences. Yeah, I was, like, 13, maybe four, maybe barely 14. Uh-huh. And uh, it was um, Vitamin X, who I think was from yeah. Denmark. Oh, shit. Yeah, uh, Legends. Yeah, that was, like, my first DIY show. Fuck. was... That's it so was crazy. Cool. And it was popping <laughs> off, too. It had yeah. to be. Yeah. What was it like seeing your brother up there doing it? I mean, I'm sure he was like, was he, he was always pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, Scott's uh, always been like, he's like been the scarier one. I'll put it that way. Like, yeah. He's like, he's like the, like. I'm a little intimidated know, like, by Scott. Yeah. Yeah. He's always been like the he really means like the mean stuff he says in bands. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. So like, he's always been, he's like a quieter guy and he just really likes playing music. Yeah. Like he, but he's like also an amazing musician, but like Mm. he has never been the social butterfly. Yeah. You know, (laughs) like that's always been my thing. Uh, So, um, Tell me, we talked a little bit about it last time before we got cut off, but um, the the music that was passed down to you from Scott. Yes, yeah. So he was into really cool hardcore, and I was into the worst hardcore, like stuff that every all of his friends clowned on and thought was the goofiest shit. So uh-huh. it was like. Because he, yeah, he left me a box that was all of his crap. Like, all the things that he didn't like, and I didn't realize that's what the box was until I moved out of the house when I was 18. So I had, like, five years, basically, of, like, listening to this stuff as the Bible. Like, listening to, like, Champion and, like, Have Heart and Uh Bane and all this stuff that he, like, would not touch. And I was like, this is cool hardcore. This is cool punk. And it was like in a box labeled crap. It was labeled crap, but it was labeled on the back and it was <laughs> in the same spot. And I turned it when I moved so I could take the box of CDs. Uh huh. And, and I just, didn't realize that. You're like, fuck, yeah, I, I gotta like, throw away all my basketball shorts. No, it was like, no, it was, <laughs> I was like, I like this stuff, but it was hilarious when I had this, this realization of like, Oh, no oh, wonder that. Scott, like, doesn't respect the music I'm into, <laughs> you know? That's so fucking... I love that stuff. I got so much affection for for Bane and Champion. I think that was, that was like, what was introduced to me, like, at the time, as, like, this yeah. is the hardcore that's popping. Like, I got into 10-yard fight, and uh, I almost said American football, but... American. Uh, like American Nightmare. American yeah. Nightmare. Also, yeah. you know, the post football band. <laughs> no, I mean, I, yeah, I lived in St. Louis. I didn't know there was a difference between that and, like, you know, cool punk bands. Like, because all the No Way Records stuff was going on mm, in, like, mm-hmm. the 2000s when I was going into stuff too. And I had no idea that, like, Government Warning and, like, Champion were, like, different scenes like i had no concept of that because i was a teenager and just went to shows at the same place (laughs) so you're like describing me meeting like joey capel and and pat nordyke (laughs) and nate w of peoria is like i was loosely into like the hardcore that was like really directly shown to me which was like bane and um you know all that all that boston stuff and then all of those kids were just like so into government warning and i was like well i don't know what do you want from me <laughs> yeah i was in an indie rock phase anyway i was over it too <laughs> see i did not even attempt to listen to anything that wasn't like punk or hardcore till i was like 21 oh i love that what was your like gateway like, in that it in- was 
Definitely Dinosaur Jr. and My Bloody Valentine. Fuck yeah. Because it was like, oh, cool, it's loud and noisy. Uh-huh. I like this. And then it like opened up this whole world of like, oh, I can feel so many other emotions. Yeah, dude, totally. <laughs> you know? Oh, man. It's like anger isn't the only thing I'm allowed to feel as I've been taught my whole life. Yeah. So. <laughs> I love that, like, in, in just thinking about where you are with the mall, too, is like Dinosaur and my bloody valentine those are two bands that are just sonic wallops yeah yeah i mean i'm still like honestly i still love a huge wall of sound like just like crazy textures and stuff and that's like all the sound design in the mall too it's like because i was in like carbon leak and like times beach and military police and all those like shoegaze bands i was in too Mm -hmm. because i got into that stuff when i was 21 yeah but all of that turned into like guitar pedals became like oh i could just make a sound directly with a synthesizer you you're know? fucking going you're you got my interview like <laughs> it's like you read it beforehand you're going through all <laughs> already so what was yeah, that sorry if that summed it up too quick but... <laughs> i told you we're trying to do 45 to 50 minutes <laughs> But um, so what was the what was the high school band that you were in with i'm with alec uh, so it was called Suburban Smash. Suburban Smash. And we sucked so bad at first. <laughs> like, none of us knew how to play. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, we didn't start till I was like 17 or 18. Did you start um, playing guitar? Yeah. I, uh, I worked at Best Buy. Um, and it was the year the Nintendo Wii came out. Uh huh. And, uh, this is a thing I still do, uh, kind of shamefully, but I'll admit it. Uh, so that year. The Nintendo Wii came out. I worked at Best Buy. They were impossible to get. Mm-hmm. And so I bought a bunch of them and resold them. <laughs> and uh, I got... <laughs> that's how I got my first guitar, uh, which I got a Gibson Flying V just off the bat. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's still, but it's a hilarious guitar, and I love making people borrow it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just off the bat, Gibson Flying V Guitar Center with my, like, Nintendo Wii money. Uh, so funny. Got my first half stack with my Nintendo Wii money. Uh... <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. I wish that I was as fucking industrious as you are. That's some fucking forward thinking shit. <laughs> I mean, I we also did some other things that uh, I wouldn't admit publicly for legal purposes when I worked there, but <laughs> we got away with a lot. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I tried to buy a fucking USB-C uh, cable from them the other day. You want to talk about something that should be criminal. It's those prices. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get everything in bulk now, yeah. like off eBay and stuff. So it's like, if I realize I need one cable or one adapter, I get like 10 of them. Dude, that's so smart, too. Especially with what yeah. you're doing, because you, you're oh, yeah. never going to run out of a need for cables. Yeah, well, and when we go on tour, I I'm the person with every adapter. Like, yeah. I always end up like setting up the DJ before we play, and That's like so everything else. Like, we'll show up to a show, and I'll just be like, I got it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can figure it all out. <laughs> That's so funny. So when you say that the Flying V is a hilarious guitar, I mean, aside from the <laughs> shape, it's it's got to be a funny guitar to learn how to play on. I mean. You know, it's a very intimate thing because you have to scissor it while you play it. <laughs> um, and now it's like... <laughs> and I have... My bass that I play in Pink Strap is also a flying V. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, like, when I joined... When we started Pink Strap and I knew I was playing bass, I hit up my friend that I knew had a, fl- a flying V bass, and I was like, hey, it's time. I have to buy this. Because, <laughs> I, yeah, I have another Epiphone flying V, too. That's so uh, awesome. And I just, yeah, I just only fly in V's for so, guitars. So Suburban Smash, what was the what was the sonic direction of that? Aside from um, learning how to play your instruments, I mean, we were pretty clueless, uh, and like I think we really loved like cut the shit and tear it up in those bands, mm-hmm. like fastcore bands. But we also really liked Devo. <laughs> we didn't really try to like do any like different songs we were just like let's do all of this at the same time but also our drummer didn't know how to play 
eventually I learned how to play. Our bassists learned how to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually we got a different drummer who knew how to play. <laughs> and we became like a good band and went on tour and stuff. And you toured in the ambulance. Uh, yes. Yeah, we toured in the ambulance, uh, so which was insane. Was Impossible like a 70s, to start up in the winter. 70s ambulance? No, it was like a 93. Oh, okay. All right, all right. 93. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was like the newest car I had for a long time, even <laughs> after that. <laughs> was, yeah, but crazy vehicle. I remember Did, you like, came up. Did like the whole country with it. Yeah, I remember yeah. you came up to Normal and played a couple times with it. Did yeah. you play with the Humanoids? Probably, because we played a lot with them at the time. That band was uh, fucking awesome. Yeah, they were like a great, like of that era pop punk band mm-hmm. where it was like they had that locked down for yeah. sure good songs too they would always hit like one weird chord it's yeah like, all you need is one weird chord in there <laughs> yeah um did you go to college no no <laughs> <laughs> i dropped out of high school did you i like yeah yeah wow yeah we were like in the band like the band started i think like the spring before our senior year mm-hmm. and I did not go to school my senior year. And I like went on tour with a different band, like while oh, wow. my band was still in school. Yeah. And like, uh, but yeah, I dropped out of high school, like did a program where I technically have a diploma, but, mm-hmm. uh, no, I've definitely like never, like the only time I've gone to a college is to like steal food from the dorm rooms Dude, as and like you should get swiped in, uh-huh. you know, at like, but I've never like gone to school. <laughs> so I I heard Times Beach actually for the first time when I was doing research. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Dude, that band's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I mean that's like honestly like before the mall, Times Beach was like that was That was your my band. proudest thing. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that song Cement? Like, oh my god. <laughs> And that was yeah, you... it's like go ahead. I mean, the, it's the same concept for a long time. Like even the mall, like Times Beach was really where it started. Where it was like we're gonna make pop music that's as intense as hardcore, mm-hmm. as noisy as hardcore, and like try to do it like yeah, just like full intensity all the time. Yeah, and uh, I really think like the mall is like also like that like i still think the mall is like it's basically like you know banger pop music but like yeah with all of these hardcore elements seriously and, uh, i've been like searching for that formula for you know a decade yeah and, <laughs> like done different things but time speech was definitely the first one i really love the way you're vocal sound in time speech and it reminded me of the mall a lot too you've always got that echoey reverb thing and you're also just like buried in the mix yeah (laughs) yeah was that um was that a my bloody valentine dinosaur influence or definitely yeah i mean that was the era of like i was discovering all of that music and i was like getting super deep into like obscure shoegaze and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, I got really into like, I love Astro bright from Chicago that still plays Dude, shows. Yeah. That still a secret fucking band. Incredible. Yeah. Last, uh, when the mall played empty bottle, mm-hmm. uh, we stayed an extra day or I stayed an extra day just to see Astro bright. Oh, Cause they man. were playing another show at like beat kitchen the next day. And I was like, this is one of my most favorite bands ever. Yeah. And they like opened for hotline TNT and it's like, this band is legendary to me. <laughs> yeah, dude, they played, you know? <laughs> they played the fireside bowl. I remember in like 2017 or 2018 yeah. with uh, Vince Aguilar's old band, uh, Daisy yeah. blaze. And I, I discovered them on like, uh, not a slumberland comp, but it was like, a comp of a different label that some slumberland put out and i was like holy shit what is this band and then within the year they were playing at the fireside bowl on like a local band's show and i was like yeah. hold up what yeah there's yeah. so many bands from that era like like boy racer who, who are just like still a band like yeah still it's going. wild but like totally unsung yeah also like it's a funny midwest thing i think yeah uh, 
But Chicago, at least usually people know stuff's happening there. So Asher Bright is a crazy one to me. I think it's just inaccessible. I yeah. think it's just so loud and noisy and like such a wall of sound, but it's so beautiful to me. I think it's like a perfect band. Dude, they are. I love that band so much. I think I sent him an email around the time that show happened too. I was like, please yeah. let me interview you. Uh, maybe I will again. There, that's wild that they're still like playing the sporadic local show. Yeah. Uh, Carbon Leak played with them when I was in that band too. Dude, that was probably that like. That makes sense. Yeah, that was probably like 20. Like 15 or 16. Um, Carbon Leak with the great Joey Seeger. Yes. Uh, I mean, everyone in that band, honestly, is like, yeah, been in so many projects. They're all like the best people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a great band to be in. <laughs> My partner like grew up with uh, the Seegers. She's Joey's sister's oh. best friend, and she's known Joey since. He's oh, like, that's sweet. She's like five, yeah. So it, it's I've got confirmation. He's always been like the coolest homie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even before I moved to Chicago, he was like one of the only pers- people who like when I was in Broken Prayer. I so when I was in Broken Prayer, I was in that band for like three years before I moved to Chicago mm-hmm. and like living in St. Louis and taking the mega bus up like multiple times a month. Jesus. Uh, but every time I played a show there, I was like, I don't know anyone and no one will talk to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> but like always like Joe was always cool and like yeah. always sweet to me. And then like when I finally moved there, I got to know some other people. But uh, it was always strange. You yeah. know? <laughs> Dude, I feel like Carbon Leak was a band that I, I was surprised to go back and see that there wasn't that much recorded material. Because yeah. I feel like they you played like. 90 percent of the tommy b shows for like a four-year period i mean we did record an lp you like, did most of the, there's like three songs that we recorded that i'm on that are out mm-hmm. like on the internet but we like the band with me in it like because i joined it pretty late in the game mm. uh but uh we went to uh crutch and memory like the tenement studio yeah. in appleton yeah and recorded an lp and uh like just haven't never finished vocals on it. It's still sitting there. We still are, joke around about finishing it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you it exists. Why not? Yeah, it's like the tracks sound good. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Stop. Stop. I hate that. I would do that anytime. Every time I see anyone in that who is in that band, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I'll come <laughs> up. Like, let's get it done. <laughs> Sure, it sounds fucking great too. If you're making it up there with Amos, yeah. Um, so when do, when when did you move to Chicago? You were playing in Broken Prayer. Uh, yeah, it was like 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a pretty wild time. Uh, I moved to Chicago to go to crisis therapy. Oh, so it wasn't like to be in a band. Mm-hmm. It was like. I'm having an, an awful time oh. and like had to like go be with my family. Yeah. So like, yeah. So it was a pretty like wild experience, but it was cool to live there. <laughs> yeah. What, what was yeah. going on? If you don't mind me asking, I was well, recently diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Yeah. So I'm... I mean, that's, a, mm-hmm. that's how that works. So like basically like bipolar and schizophrenia don't usually like kick in for people till they're like 25. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what happened to me. And I was like, what the fuck is going on with me? And just like, didn't know how to handle it. Like was handling everything else in my life badly because of it. Mm-hmm. Like having like crazy episodes and stuff. Mm. Uh, and I, yeah, I just like packed up without telling anyone and just went to Chicago. Wow. And, like, yeah. What was going on? Were you, were you manic? Yeah. I mean, I was going through everything. Yeah. Like, and like really didn't know like have the language for anything like like definitely fucked up all of my relationships and stuff and mm-hmm. was like and like being in like a shoegaze band and like doing these wild like pedal arrangements and yeah. like manic crazy sound experiments and stuff which was cool but also like uh yeah you know like spending money i didn't have on guitar pedals uh 
<laughs> just like finding the zone and yeah. then you're just like in it and you're like yeah this is yeah. what it's always been man yeah, that's like i missed work i've been in my practice space for three days oh, like, doing wild shit yeah. yeah um so is it like crisis is that crisis counseling is it specific for i, I just that, I mean, that term it is... was like i was gonna kill myself oh geez <laughs> so it was like a really really rough time yeah uh, but like that's sort of like i don't know i think you met me when i was doing military police yeah um, yeah and uh that was the project of like i have to get out of this because it was like so bad when i moved to chicago and it was like i have to do something with myself mm-hmm. and uh because when I first moved to Chicago, it was, like, three months of, like, incapable of being a person. Yeah. Like, you're just, just like, up, like, so awful. rail thin, like. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really bad. But uh, military police was sort of the moment of, like, I'm going to get out of this. But, like, all of those songs are, like, some of the most, like, depressing, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, just, like, <laughs> awful place shit. Because, like, that was where I was. And I was, like, sleeping on my brother's couch uh recording on his like computer that i helped him put together with like spare parts Mm -hmm. uh and uh that was like the thing that sort of got me out of it and like yeah yeah and then like doing carbon leak and like yeah that's like great to hear i'm glad that you made it out that's so scary and you're not like a like a drug user or anything like that Oh, I definitely use drugs, oh, okay. but like, I've never been like, I've never like, I never had like, uh, like a scary drug problem. I would say, yeah. But like, uh, yeah, it's like I can do that all on my own. Yeah, <laughs> I can get scary all on my own. But I, I, I'm definitely like, uh, I've I've done drugs. Like yeah, I do yeah. drugs. Okay. You know, I'm not like a not drug user either. So I'm uh I'm about three weeks removed from like no more no more weed and Whoa, that's been that's wild man one. it's been a i've never been a big... weed person i will say that so. i became a weed person and i yeah. was the whole time like this is okay this is all yeah. right <laughs> totally dissociating all the time but yeah <laughs> what else would i be I doing man yeah. like i'm just like i don't have time to sleep right now i don't yeah. do that so i can't do it <laughs> Yeah, I've never been much of a sleeper either. Oh, so. my God. I love you, Mark. Um, <laughs> so, and Military Police, did you, that that became a band, right? Yeah, who, yeah. Who played in the band with you? So, Liz, who is also in Broken Prayer, mm-hmm. played bass. Past and future um, guests. And I lived with Liz most of the time I was oh, in Chicago. Oh, dude, Liz is the fucking homie. Yeah, and that was, like, the best situation. We both did a, like, tour where we did, like, solo projects together, too. I remember like, that tour, yeah. But, uh, like, living with Liz was the best thing about Chicago for me. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, uh, Tessa, who is from, like, Northwest Indiana, mm-hmm. played in that band, like, played since. And then Ariel, uh, who's, like, does club music now. Uh, nice. Played since also. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude, Military Police was fucking wild. I loved that project. That was, uh, I will say, I don't think we ever actually figured it out live. Like, yeah. it was always a mess. Uh-huh. Like, it was always a mess live, but it was, like, fun to do. Like, the recordings I'm really proud of, but every time we played live, it was like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> but but there were a few shows that were, like, magical and perfect. Yeah. And then a few shows where it was like, I don't know how to actually do this. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Did that scare you with the mall, like, going into this? Were you well, like, if I do this, I got to figure out how to do it live now? I mean, that's the thing, is uh, I think, like, the getting serious about music thing I talked about, like, uh, I, I did another band that was, like, sort of between, like, Military Police, Times Beach, sort of shoegazy, like, intense, noisy stuff, mm-hmm. but with more synths. And I did, like, a lot more drum machine work and, like, uh, sound design stuff for that because I started to get more into that. But when that band was, like, I don't know, it was, like, sort of a nightmare for me because I was trying to do too many things at once because it was, like, thought about composing the songs and, like, 
again, the live show was always a mess. Mm -hmm. Like we never really got it together. And then I was just like, no more guitars. Fuck yeah. (laughs) I was like, just made the call. And I was like, all right, these guitars got to get out of (laughs) here. Like also I'm doing this shit by myself until I figure out how it works. Yeah. And then just like really zeroed in though. And it was like, cause honestly, like I, I don't, I don't want to say I've never taken bands seriously. Cause I have like definitely like put a lot into all the music I've done, but it was like, the mall was the first time it was like, no, this is going to be perfect or no one will hear it. Sure. And, uh, really like learned a lot, like read manuals, like spent a lot of time, like learning how to record, like learning how to like make very individual sounds and like, yeah, you know, like how to make a good electronic hi-hat, how to make a kick drum, wow, like, just yeah. synthesize completely. And like, uh, very very different experience from where i was with drum machines at the time of military police sure and yet like i mean guitar pedals too are like the interface is so like user friendly so you are able to just construct so much out of those objects yeah. but it has to be you know you're you're learning so much about what you've been doing all this time too yeah yeah and it's like Honestly, guitar pedals and synthesizers, it's, like, if you can do that and you can, like, shift your brain over to, like, these are still just, like, little modules, Mm -hmm. you know? It's, like, you can figure it out pretty fast. Yeah. Like, how to make, you know, a trumpet sound from just a oscillator. (laughs) So cool. I just listen to that stuff and I I get so lost in it. Which I think is, like, the power of that music. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, how you make it, too. You know? (laughs) Like, I'm sure it sucks for my roommates that I've had. Because it's, like, I'll be sitting there with a loop going, just, like, tweaking a little, like, violin sound or Mm -hmm. something. Or, like, a weird alien noise that I'm working on and do that for, like, eight hours. (laughs) I love it. I mean, how else? How else could you build something? Yeah. Um... I do want to talk about Broken Prayer a little bit. Okay. It's a band yeah. that you played in with your brother, Scott. You also had Liz playing synths, and then you were yeah. on guitar in that band. Right. That, one of the best hardcore bands in Chicago for the time that I was there, without question. Whoa. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> what was it like playing in that band with your brother, with Scott? Um, it was pretty intense, actually. Yeah. Um, so that band was like, Scott definitely wrote the songs. Mm-hmm. And uh, since I lived in St. Louis, uh, the technique for me learning the songs was insane. Because, like, they would have practice without me. And then I would, like, come to, like, I'd come to, like, most of the practices still, which was a lot of travel. Uh, and, but, like... I would miss one, and then the next practice, they'd be like, hey, this is the new song. Scott would play guitar on it, hand me the guitar, after they had played the whole song, and be like, play the whole thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, like, he would, like, really expect me to be able to just watch him do it once, and then just play it back. <laughs> and, like, uh, like, sometimes I could pull it off. I'd be like, oh, cool, I really, like, and, like, I really did, like, sit there and just like focus it and then like do it back. And I'm like, Holy shit. I don't know how I did that. But like, it was like, if I didn't pull it off the first time, it was like, he was frustrated. So it was was a really intense band being in. It made me really good at guitar really fast. Yeah. Um, and you were, did you, did he give you kind of, uh, space to just do your pedal thing or was that all like pretty intentional from him too i I will say he he did respect my pedal knowledge yeah so we did do a lot of work together with that uh where it was like he had an idea for something i was like here's how we do it like here's the chain of pedals we need like Mm -hmm. here's how we do this part uh which at first like the first record like Scott played on everything. Like the first LP is just Scott. Like I didn't oh, play I didn't on that. I realize that. Yeah. And uh the second LP though, like I think me and him worked together a lot more. Like I would say like even with the synth stuff on the second record, like 
just like on tones and things that record i feel like i was actually much more a part of the band of like how do we make these tones and like uh, we pulled off some really cool shit on that. Yeah, I think, man, that of just crazy sounds. That band was so cool. Scott, as a lyricist too, is just like top notch. It, but so intense. Yeah, like that stuff is so harsh, and it's like I always think the stuff I'm writing is harsh, and then I'll like go back and listen to Broken Prayer. I'll be like, no, the stuff <laughs> I'm writing is not harsh. <laughs> so we kind of track the um, the your 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 evolution with your um getting into synths from guitar pedal i mean like what what really like sucked you down was it i know you use that big moog for the for the mall oh yeah um so i had like a korg poly 61 that was my first synth that i got when i lived in st louis and it was sort of like impossible to program because it was like this weird era where you had to just press one button Mm -hmm. for everything and it was like everything was like you had a two-digit screen oh and that was you there were no knobs so like to make a sound was really hard and i still made like fucked around and made sounds and like did a lot of cool stuff with that but uh i got my first moog in chicago i had three hundred dollars in my bank account Mm -hmm. and there was like a flash sale on musicians friend it was like a moog slim fatty it's like this rack unit that you have to plug another like keyboard into to be able to play it mm-hmm. um and it was yeah it was all the money in my bank account and i was like this is the only chance i'll ever be able to get one of these <laughs> and uh and i just bought it <laughs> and like then i got it i was like this is the best sounding thing i've ever heard in my entire life yeah it was like hearing that like through headphones was like just raw Moog was, I was like, this is like, nothing matters to me except this anymore. I will say that's still the case where it's like a Moog. Like I used the, uh, a grandmother on stage. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, we use three Moogs in the mall on stage. Actually. Uh, we use a, a grandmother, a Taurus and a siren. And, uh, they, like the Minotaur and the Siren are really similar tonally, but like the Grandmother is the best sounding synthesizer I can think of. It's yeah. like, it's beautiful. And like, really, like, yeah, nothing else matters to me. <laughs> like, when it comes to sa- like sounds and everything, it's like mm-hmm. just pressing like an initial patch, having done nothing to it. It's a, it sounds so good. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it, it changed my life to hear like a Moog like sawtooth wave for the first time like just raw into headphones it changed my life dude i have to i feel like there's like this <laughs> i have to respect this instrument like i better play it the right way and also yeah. like man to just be like transformed by tone it's so fucking sick yeah i got a freak I mean, like, box uh pedal like a guitar pedal that, yeah. Honestly, I only like have been using it really for overdrive because I'm kind of afraid of it. But get a scare. You just go crazy with it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. That's always the the move. It's like let's see how crazy this can get. Yeah. With anything, any piece of gear or anything for me. So you're doing the sonic exploration. You're learning. You're learning how to do it the right way. You probably yeah. fucking understand like sine waves now so well. I mean, so that's a whole other thing because like the next step. So Moogs are like very simple synthesizers. Mm-hmm. Sorry if I'm getting too nerdy with this. Oh, but, I'm like, here for it. Like subtractive synths. That's like you know when you've got your guitar pedal board and you've got the guys who have like the huge like you know, they could fit in the case of it size ones. And mm-hmm. then there's the guys who have like their little row of their four good pedals, like a Moog or like any subtractive synth. That's like your row of good pedals. Yeah. It's like super simple. Like you can do so much with it, but it's like so easy and like immediate. Uh, and so like, yeah, it's like so simple. Sounds perfect no matter what you do. But, uh, the other synth we use that's not a subtractive synth is a it's an FM synth mm-hmm. and like uh it's called it's an electron digitone. Oh, okay. Um and you take sine waves into different algorithms of how they like 
different ratios and algorithms Mm -hmm. and you use those for them to like multiply each other and modulate each other to make like bell tones and like these insane like it's it's super complicated it's like uh and you can like do math to figure it out and stuff Mm -hmm. uh but like fm synthesis is like the complicated version and then you can take that and put that through all the filters that you put the Moog usually through, like the simple stuff. Yeah. And go like extra complicated. That's so um, cool, man. <laughs> so it gets like, yeah, it gets like really complicated. And then like we add effects to everything on top of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the Digitone is like the easy mode for that. Like it takes all these complicated things and like you turn a few knobs and it's like, oh, we did all the hard parts for you. That's you so know? cool. Yeah. But uh that's like the kind of nerdy shit where it's like I had to like read manuals and like read like what this these things are actually doing, mm-hmm. you know, and like it makes a lot more sense now, but it's still magic, you yeah. know. It's still like I don't really get it when it comes down to it. <laughs> so how how did the mall actually like start? I mean, was it you fucking found the perfect band camp? Uh, you yes. are, oh yeah. my god, punk.bandcamp.com, how? Yeah, uh, so, I was trying to get, like, I was trying to reserve one for the mall, because I had recorded, like, three songs, maybe, for uh-huh. Zone, and, like, the plan was to do a full tape, um, before anybody could see it, but, uh, when I went to reserve it, the mall was taken, uh, I'm upset, but it's okay, uh and like so i just typed in punk and it was like this is stupid i'm being petty uh-huh. and just typed in punk because i knew it wouldn't work and then it did and i was like oh fuck i have to put music on this right now because <laughs> i was like i don't know how it works like i don't know if they like take it down if you never upload anything so i was like uh-huh. i have to lock this in i have to keep this i'm subscribing to pro i like <laughs> i cannot lose this url <laughs> And that was like 2019. Is that when that you was put like up 2019? The Hinkley had a vision cover. No, that was when I. That was when in, in answer first went up. Oh, nice. Uh, which is like the song ever. That's like the song people. That's our one hit wonder. Is it? You know, and it was like the first song I wrote for this band. Dude, that's so fucking wild. So you're yeah. I mean, and you, you're in bands. I think that like a lot of people like. But then I feel like when you get feedback like you're getting from the mall, it's just like, oh, shit, I have to now. It's like, yeah, I don't know. That was the scary thing about the pandemic, too. Was uh, It's like I had a first show and then a tape release show and then nothing. Yeah. And then it was like, I can't play a show for two years. And then at the end of the pandemic, everyone knew who everyone knew about it. And it was like, and it was like closing every show immediately and like there wasn't any grace period of this can suck for a while Uh it was immediately like right off the bat i have to be at my a game because i'm headlining everything wow so (laughs) i was like and i felt that pressure and was totally prepared yeah dude hell yeah you were (laughs) (laughs) but it was terrifying and uh like but doing those first few shows like once we started playing shows again, that's like why Spencer is in the band now. Yeah. Cause it was like, this pressure is way too much for me mm-hmm. to do this on my own. And it was like really intense to do that. So uh, yeah. How did, I guess, how did that come to be? You were just feeling like you needed help. Yeah. I mean, at fr- I mean, I'm pretty stubborn, uh so i was definitely like no i'm doing like this sucks that i'm going to continue to do it all by myself because (laughs) i'm insane uh but uh i was like playing a bunch of like out of town shows and stuff and i worked with spencer like we worked at a like a place that like paid us sometimes Mm -hmm. like a restaurant that was like very vibes based and like uh we i was like getting unemployment so it was like if they paid me, it didn't really matter, mm-hmm. like sort of thing. But we both worked there, and we just like talked about gear and stuff all the time. And uh, he was like coming to me with shows to like help me out and like set up sound and stuff because it was like 
obviously this sucks to do on my own. So I'd have people go out of town with me. Uh, and he would just kept hinting, like, you know, if somebody else did this with you, it would be crazy. You wouldn't have to, like, keep going back to turn knobs at the table. Mm-hmm. You could, like, go a lot more wilds, like, yeah, cause you're performing like as a front person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's like, I try to do that as, like, intense as I am physically able to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, yeah, now that he is in the band, like, eventually I was like, okay, you're right. And he's like, yeah, like. The performance is so much better. And like the things he's added to as far as like how we can do more keyboards, like, uh, yeah, the performance is so much better now that there's two people and all the songs we've written together are also like much, much better. It is like two different bands. It really is like comparing zone to time vehicle earth. It's like, I love the way time vehicle earth like starts off with that pounding beat on burning age it's like fuck yeah dude this is like end of the world like (laughs) dance music yeah i mean it it was definitely like time vehicle earth we were going like this is going to be much more like dance music Mm -hmm. you know like uh then zone was like i feel like much more of a post-punk album definitely where it was uh like doing it with electronics but like Time Vehicle Earth was like, we're using these instruments. What can we do with electronic instruments mm-hmm. that make them like stand out as these instruments? And, uh, you know, it's like none of the kick drums sound like something you can get out of a, an actual drum. Yeah. You know, it's like all like synthesized to an insane point. Uh, and it, yeah, it's designed to be like danceable and actually like fun. <laughs> Was that was that a Spencer influence or was it um, kind of what you were wanting the live show to be? I mean, I want the live like I have a lot of different philosophies on like d- how pop elements fit into all of this. Mm-hmm. But uh, like Chumbo, you know, Chumbawamba, you know, Chumbawamba's story. It's like that they were like they, an anarchist band. And then, yeah. And they decided at a certain point, dance music is the most working class music. Yeah. And they like were like, we why are we playing this punk shit? No, none of these working class people who we hang out at bars with want to listen to punk music. They're annoyed by it. Uh-huh. And they're like, they're but they're like, everybody wants to dance. <laughs> Everyone wants to sing along. So like that's what Trumbawamba did. And it, it's like, that's what we do in St. Louis. Like all of my friends that work in the industry who I go to bars with all of them who are actually working people, they don't want to like, you know, get punished by a tempo they can't keep up with mm-hmm. at a wall of noise, even though I like that music, Yeah, you know, but it's like, if we would actually have like music that all of our people can enjoy and like be a part of and like, you know, it sort of like gets people into this trance where they're dancing to where then they have to feel the emotions and the things we're expressing. Yeah. So like all of these intense things and in the lyrics and all of like, even though the intense things we do with the sounds, I think because of that beat and because like we can get people into this trance, that's the whole philosophy. It's like, you have to feel this with us now. Like our world is like collapsing and like you didn't care and now not only are you having a good time but also you're like yes climate change is destroying us yeah (laughs) do you know what i mean yeah absolutely uh, but it like gets ever like it it's a hypnotizing thing and it's like it really is uh yeah it's i don't know it's like emo bands uh manipulate people in a scary way that's different uh (laughs) It's like it like music does that. It's got this effect and like dance music especially. It's like that trance is like I think one of the best things ever. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Like getting into that like trance state mm-hmm. with dance music. Saw Unwound recently and like the fucking teenagers came out to that show and they came to fucking pit. And yeah. I was really taken with like the movement of the crowd at that show because that's not what i was expecting when i was gonna go see unwound i thought i was gonna stand pretty still i did stand pretty still but there is a movement of people 
And that was so much more powerful than what I was anticipating from that. Um, but yeah, I, I really, really do. Like, I don't sit still when I listen to your music. I've taken yeah. a lot of walks while, yeah. um, while I've been listening to this stuff because it's like, it doesn't make sense to not be in motion. Yeah. It's powerful shit, dude. I really, really like the way that you do that. I have so many, like, favorite moments on your on your records, too. Like, I love Habit on Zone, that bass, the way it just builds and resolves. It's just like, each time it hits the end of that bar, I'm just like, I feel so much emotion. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's like... It's nice to hear that as feedback because it's like, honestly, with this band, there's this pressure I feel of like, I don't want to ever like, obviously, I've like said like, hey, move up or like something like that before we start or something. But it's like, honestly, I never want to have to tell people how they're supposed to act Mm -hmm. when they listen to music. Uh, And like, to like, we usually see it like we see the results of what we've done. And if like, we can't get people to dance, it's like. So what did we do wrong? Right. You know, instead of like, it's like, does it, it's like, does this crowd suck? But it's usually like, no, we did, we didn't do it right Mm -hmm. this time. You know, and it's like, sometimes that's because we like used a sound system that wasn't ours or our sound system isn't big enough. Uh, But like, there's, there's always an element of like, how do we get people into the, the trance? Like, how do we get people to dance? And like, what kind of songs do we need to write to get, people to react how we want to you know yeah dude for real i mean it's and it's hardcore too you know it's like that's what hardcore is there for is for those dance parts yeah yeah i've always said that about hardcore like of like i don't (laughs) people are want to come and they want to pit and they want to dance and uh i think like the mall is sort of just like all those same people show up for us and they just dance and they go as wild as they want and it's like they don't care that yeah. like I don't know, it's really funny to see people like flip from like what the fuck is this to like, oh we're all dancing. Hell now, yeah. That's know? so <laughs> fucking cool. Oh my god. I feel like that's like everyone's fantasy is to just get a crowd like that and you're doing it. I mean, sometimes we definitely don't do it. <laughs> you know? okay, like, we have definitely played to like a hardcore crowd or something where it's just like oh, these guys are never going to like us, you know, but like, (laughs) that's but there still is that element of like, how do we trick? Like, I mean, so much of the music, even lyrically is about like, you know, being brought up as a man and, you know, like feeling like you're not allowed to feel emotion. Like, Mm -hmm. and dancing is such a huge part of that. Like how many, like how many like pop punk and emo bands, their whole personality is I didn't go to prom. I don't dance, you know? (laughs) And it's like, how do we get people to snap out of that? Like, how do we, like, break down this masculinity and, like, get people to just feel free? And, like, also break down the element of uh, everyone else, like, who feels like they can't dance because of, like, the male gaze or anything else. It's How do we destroy all of that and just let people feel free? Man, I wish... I could go on, but we are desperately out of time. <laughs> we did hit that hour, thank goodness. Wow, we did it. <laughs> Mark, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for the music that you make. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to have this conversation with you. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's nice to talk to you for a while. I only see you for two minutes at a show most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again. <laughs> <laughs>